Councilmember Wengraf, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Okay, we'll start momentarily. Thank you. Recording in progress. Good evening and welcome to the Berkeley City Council. Mr. Clerk? Yes, uh, I can. Uh, Start the meeting for the 4 p.m. special meeting, um, calling the roll for City Council. Councilmember Kessarwani is absent. Councilmember Taplin is absent. Vice Mayor Bartlett? Present. Uh, Councilmember Harrison is absent. Councilmember Hahn? Present. Wengraf? Present. Robinson? Present. Humbert? Present. And Mayor Aragine is currently absent, but a quorum is present. Tonight we have a today rather this this early evening we have a special meeting um, on the 2024 proposed budget update um, and um, public hearing public hearing around the budget. So with this we're going to have public comment following the report. So for now we can just begin with we do right okay. I'd like to open the public hearing. Y yes, it's okay. Pardon me, I'm learning the litany here. I'm complaining to my colleague, Councilman Humbert, about my difficulty with litanies. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the public hearing is open. Um, anyone wish to comment? Uh, I think we'll, it's a special meeting, so there's no non agenda public comment. Perfect. Uh, and I think we'll take regular public comment after the staff report. Is that right? Yes, that's oh. what it looks like to me here. Okay. So with that, we'd like to invite the uh, staff to present the budget update for 2024.
good afternoon, uh, Council. Uh, bear with me, and we'll uh, bring up the uh, short uh, PowerPoint uh, presentation, and then uh, entertain uh, questions and discussion. Uh, can move to the next slide, please. Okay. Uh, on June 28th, uh, 2022, uh, the City Council did adopt the biannual budget for fiscal year 23 and 24. Uh, where we are at right now in the process is an update uh, to the 24 budget, which we refer to as the mid-biannual update, or also the 24 proposed budget. Again, this is an opportunity um, for the city council to make changes in planned expenditures based on new revenue projections, as well as to address any critical operational needs uh, that were unknown or unanticipated at this time last year uh, when we put together the budget. Uh, we uh, do have a supplemental uh, package that uh, includes detailed information on uh, revenues and expenditures by funding sources, uh, details on staffing uh, changes, and also uh, changes in the proposed 24 budget by department. Again, uh, this afternoon, we'd like to just uh, take a high level view of the summary of the proposed 24 budget compared to the adopted from a citywide perspective, as well as uh, looking specifically at the general fund, uh, discuss our recommendations and the next steps in terms of the uh, budget deliberation process, and then uh, entertain any uh, questions and uh, discussion as it pleases the council. Next slide, please. This slide uh, corresponds uh, to information within the uh, supplemental packet, and particular the chart uh, known as summary of budget funding uh, by funding source. Um, what uh, this uh, slide is intended to do is look at the totality of the city-wide uh, uh, funds. If you look at the general fund, the special revenue funds, uh, grants, debt, capital, enterpri enterprise funds, the internal service funds, and the agency pass-through funds, in total, on uh, in aggregate, uh, those uh, expenses total approximately uh, 700 uh, and $18 million for fiscal year 24. This reflects a, a decrease of about $8 million or 1% uh, from the fiscal year 24 adopted budget of $726 million. Uh, this is primarily due to refinement of our costs related to uh, benefits. Uh, we've updated our uh, pension rates based on uh, updates from CalPERS. We've re-examined re our medical and dental costs and looked at other uh, fringe benefits. And uh, in total, uh, some of those benefits were up a little bit, uh, some were down, uh, but uh, in general, it reflects a, a decrease in our expenditures. Now, in order to meet these planned expenditures, uh, we are anticipating uh, revenues, again, across all these various funds, uh, to total approximately 616 million in fiscal year 24, uh, that's just a slight uh, increase, about uh, 12 million or 2% uh, over our, our expected uh, revenues for fiscal year 24 uh, when we passed this budget uh, um, around this time last year. Uh, now, in order to 
meet the planned expenditures. Uh, revenues uh, at this point in time uh, do not uh, cover the total expenses. And so uh, various uh, fund balance or prior year savings uh, will be uh, used again across the various funds uh, to result in a balanced budget as required by state law. Next slide, please. And again, the uh, supplemental includes a very detailed uh, staffing chart that reflects changes that occurred uh, since the budget was adopted. These include a reclassification uh, between uh, different uh, uh, job positions as well as positions that were authorized uh, but added uh, after the budget was adopted, as well as uh, requests for new positions uh, for 24, again, that were not uh, anticipated uh, when we put together the adopted budget last year. Uh, you can see um, if you exclude the library and the rent board, uh, the proposed uh, staffing account uh, uh, increases by about 18.5 uh, full-time uh, equivalent employees or FTE. Uh, however, the proportion of the funding uh, remains uh, the same in the proposed compared to the adopted. Uh, as you can see in the um, pie chart, 59% uh, of the staffing costs for 24 uh, is paid for by all other citywide funds. That's uh, the orange. Uh, the general fund uh, contributes 41% as represented by the blue uh, sliver of the pie. Uh, next slide, please. Again, I just wanted to highlight uh, some of the uh, staffing changes. Uh, the city manager's office added a project manager, which again was uh, approved um, by council during the uh, annual appropriation ordinance amendment uh, number one. Again, this is a timing issue. Uh, so again, we're trying to uh, reflect changes that occurred uh, after the budget was adopted. Uh, we do have uh, requests for staffing for our uh, health, housing, and community service. These are primarily related to the implementation of the Mental Health Service Act plan and offset by revenue. You can see uh, there uh, very specialized uh, positions to provide uh, these uh, needed services. Uh, human resources uh, increased by three FTE. This again was approved by council uh, uh, in February as part of the employer of choice initiative. So again, authorized, but not uh, included uh, when we first uh, put together the adopted budget. We do have a new uh, request for fiscal year 24 uh, from Parks, Recreation and Waterfront for a forestry climbing supervisor um, that will focus on tree planting initiatives. This will be funded by the Parks Tax. Uh, request to add a building plans examiner funded by the Permit Service Center Fund and Planning and Development. Uh, this is really uh, due to the complexity and the volume of permits and uh, the rationale from the department to uh, bring that uh, uh, service in-house uh, rather than rely on uh, consultants. And then uh, finally, roughly equivalent uh, to five FTE for various uh, positions within public works, again, funded by uh, the uh, special revenue funds and enterprise funds within public works to really enhance operations, uh, occupation, health, and safety, uh, suite sweeping, uh, some uh, uh, management and analytical uh, skills uh, in the office of the director and a solid waste uh, supervisor, uh, in particular with uh, some of the new requirements uh, coming on board with zero waste. Next slide, please. 
Uh, this uh, slide represents that when we look at the expenditures uh, by department, uh, the um, leading uh, department in terms of, of expenditures is public works. Uh, that uh, represents about 27% of expenditures, uh, which you can see uh, uh, toward the bottom of the uh, uh, pie, pie chart there in green. You can see uh, uh, the gray uh, sliver is health, housing, and community services, uh, second largest uh, department in terms of expenditures with about 14% uh, of the uh, Pie, and then you have uh, your public uh, safety uh, functions uh, following uh, behind uh, police and uh, fire, uh, again, represented by uh, the uh, uh, sort of tan uh, colored uh, sliver and then the, uh, the uh, blue as well. Again, uh, this uh, are consistent uh, in terms of our spending uh, patterns by department uh, for fiscal year 23 and 24. Our next slide, please. Uh, again, uh, this is a, a detail of the changes in the fiscal year 24 proposed uh, compared to the adopted uh, by department. Again, there's a, a, a greater level of detail for each uh, department within the supplemental. And really what's important to note here is again, uh, the proposed is very similar to the 24 adopted. Uh, those um, changes uh, for the most part uh, reflect a, a decrease uh, and that again is uh, because of the refinement of the cost of our benefits and uh, overall those costs uh, going down just slightly. Um, and so again, uh, for the most part, uh, pretty uh, consistent and uh, uh, as the uh, 24 adopted. Next slide, please. And again, uh, continuing uh, onward uh, with the rest of uh, the departments. Again, uh, we have a combination of uh, decreased in some of our benefits. Uh, we also uh, uh, have done some uh, uh, shifting in terms of the costs uh, in the budget. And so some things uh, used to be in our non-departmental uh, that we've moved to uh, departments, uh, such as uh, the funding for community agencies. Uh, we moved that into the health, housing, and community service budget, since uh, they are the lead department in terms of executing uh, those contracts. And uh, several of the uh, uh, tier one uh, funded items in fiscal year 23 and 24. Uh, some were in non-departmental uh, and we moved those to the appropriate department, particularly related to personnel. And uh, likewise, some of the things um, that uh, were housed uh, in departments uh, for uh, one-time uh, special projects and referrals were moved to non-departmental. But in the end, uh, the dollar amounts are the same and have not uh, been adjusted for those tier items. They've just been uh, moved uh, between uh, different uh, departments and, and non-departmental. So that's why you might uh, notice a slight uh, uh, increase uh, or decrease in, in some departments as well. Next slide, please. And uh, before we uh, move into the general fund budget for fiscal year 23 and 24, and in particular, our 24 update, we just uh, wanna take a moment uh, to really look at our, our last uh, several budget cycles and the challenges uh, the city uh, has faced uh, primarily as a, a result of the pandemic. In fiscal year 2021, uh, the general fund uh, was projected uh, to have a deficit of about uh, $40 million. Um, 
the, the city enacted a, a multi-pronged strategy uh, to close the deficit, including a hiring freeze and maintaining vacant positions, uh, the delay of funding for capital, and the one-time use uh, of reserves, again, uh, to offset uh, the uh, loss of revenue uh, in light of the pandemic. Uh, the city moved to a one-year budget in fiscal year 22, again, because of the uh, ongoing uh, pandemic. Again, uh, faced a projected uh, deficit of about $27 million. Uh, however, uh, that uh, deficit was closed, closed uh, largely in part uh, due to the uh, uh, receipt, and I should say the one-time receipt of uh, ARPA funds that uh, came in in 22 and 23. Uh, for fiscal year 23 and 24, Again, projected a general fund deficit. Uh, we uh, utilized several budget as balancing strategies, including the salary savings target uh, of about 8.5% uh, for most departments, uh, the remaining use of our federal uh, funds uh, from the ARPA, and the one-time use of a uh, fund balance, particularly from uh, Measure P and Measure U1 to uh, fund uh, related programmatic expenses uh, for Measure P and one. Next slide, please. Uh, however, as we uh, looked again at fiscal year 24, our uh, revenues um, are coming in uh, a little uh, stronger than uh, projected initially. And, and we'll look at that in a little more detail. Uh, some revenues uh, are projected uh, to decrease, uh, others uh, are increasing, but uh, uh, net positive uh, impact on our revenues. Uh, as we uh, previously discussed, our expenditures are, are uh, down just slightly, uh, resulting in a um, pretty much a balanced uh, budget for fiscal year 24, uh, roughly a, a surplus of about 400,000, uh, requiring us uh, not uh, to need to uh, dip into our, our fund balance. Uh, we wanted to uh, illustrate uh, the difference between the general fund and Measure P and Measure U1. Uh, measure P uh, revenues, again, uh, remaining uh, projected to remain consistent at about 14 million for fiscal year 24. Uh, our expenditures right now, um, we have uh, expenditures, expenditures at about $16.7 million. However, uh, I'd like to say that uh, we are working on uh, uh, some uh, programmatic uh, recommendations uh, for Measure P to increase the expenditures. Uh, we uh, just presented those recommendations to the Budget and Finance Committee earlier today. We'll continue to have a, a dialogue, and uh, we do anticipate that um, before we bring the final uh, budget to Council for adoption in June, uh, that those expenditures uh, will likely be significantly higher. Uh, same with uh, Measure U1, uh, that's uh, our current uh, expenditures uh, right uh, now are uh, just slightly outpacing our projected revenue. But again, we're uh, discussing programmatic um, uh, uh, enhancements in the use of uh, uh, Measure 1 uh, to, again, fund some one-time projects as well as uh, uh, potentially uh, some staffing positions and uh, other uh, initiatives. So again, uh, those discussions are currently under underway with the Budget and Finance Committee. Next slide, please. Again, uh, looking at our general fund uh, revenues and comparing the 24 proposed uh, to the adopted uh, 
will notice the first line in our secured uh, property tax uh, expected uh, to increase uh, in fiscal year 24 um, over what we originally had anticipated. Um, moving uh, through the list, you can see uh, property transfer tax. Uh, we do have a council policy of uh, setting the baseline at 18 million for fiscal year 23 uh, and 24, and then uh, decreasing that baseline uh, for the out year still 16 million. Uh, the, difference uh, between the baseline and the overall property tax transfer uh, revenue uh, would be allocated um, to capital uh, and or uh, capital reserves and uh, the Section 115 trust, again, in align with uh, recent council uh, fiscal policies. Uh, measure P, uh, again, uh, which is based on property transfer tax, um, pretty uh, constant for fiscal year 24 and the out years. Uh, moving uh, through the list, you can see uh, utility user tax uh, is up, uh, projected to increase in fiscal year 24 from about 13.8 uh, million to uh, uh, 15. Uh, another uh, high level uh, increase would be the hotel tax, uh, originally at about uh, 5 million, 4.9 to be exact, uh, increasing uh, to about 7.7. .7. And again, the increase in uh, vehicle and lieu fees uh, coming down. Uh, interest also uh, expected to increase uh, by about a million dollars, uh, again, uh, related to where things are uh, right now in the market and uh, the Federal Reserve Board. Uh, ambulance fees uh, expected to uh, have a one-time uh, increase in fiscal year 24 uh, due to uh, efforts by our fire department uh, to uh, really uh, look at uh, the uh, reimbursement uh, from the state uh, for ambulance charges. Uh, and uh, they do anticipate uh, being successful in uh, uh, receiving a higher reimbursement for prior years, but then we do anticipate that to uh, uh, return um, back to our uh, typical uh, revenue stream of about 3.9 million. Um, and finally of note is the uh, transfers. You can see uh, 24 uh, decreasing uh, uh, down uh, from to about 13 million, and then the out years uh, closer to the 5 million, that largely reflects our phasing out of our remaining uh, ARPA dollars. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, again, the uh, general fund expenditures by department uh, mimic the same pattern as expenditures by departments for all funds, uh, primarily uh, uh, the changes are related to uh, the refinement of the cost of benefits. And again, uh, some of the uh, uh, changes in a few departments uh, have to do with just uh, the uh, uh, movement in the cate category of uh, where the expenditures used to uh, be uh, in 24 and where they will be in, in, in uh, the proposed uh, 24. Again, uh, that difference between trying to uh, take things that uh, used to be uh, in the sort of uh, vast uh, sort of category of non-departmental to uh, rightfully uh, match the expenditures where they belong uh, with the uh, cognizant department. So again, that's where you'll see uh, a couple of uh, departments that have a bigger uh, variance uh, between the proposed and the adopted. And again, that just reflects um, the movement uh, of, of those uh, budgeted items uh, between the non-departmental and departmental. Uh, next slide, please. 
And again, uh, same uh, pattern uh, as uh, we spoke to earlier related to the all funds expenditure and the changes between uh, the proposed and the adopted by department. Uh, next slide, please. Um, in addition to uh, the uh, proposed expenditures that uh, we do anticipate, we expect uh, that we will be facing some other uh, uh, potential increases in fiscal year 2024 uh, based on our experience with fiscal year 23 we do anticipate a fairly significant increase to our general liability and property insurance premiums um, we anticipate uh, 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 potential uh, 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 costs uh, related to uh, personnel and labor uh, as uh, council is aware, uh, we're facing a, a funding shortfall due to construction costs increase uh, for Measure T1. Uh, we have uh, an outstanding list of uh, department funding requests and council budget referrals, uh, both items that were not funded uh, as part of the adopted budget, as well as uh, new uh, funding requests uh, from departments and council budget referrals that have been uh, approved by council since July uh, 1st. And again, these are our short-term immediate needs, but uh, we always uh, think it's worthwhile to think about our uh, uh, continuing our progress toward our long-term goals uh, to address our liabilities. Uh, we uh, currently do have $2 million in our budget uh, for the Section 115 Trust. Our uh, target goal is uh, 5.5 million. Um, council will be receiving a a uh, presentation on the 23rd from our actuarial, uh, which uh, the firm also recommends that we fully fund our other post-employment benefits or retiree health. Um, currently, we budget about 6.5 million. Uh, the recommendation is an additional 8.8 .8 million for a goal of uh, 15 million. So again, uh, trying to uh, stay focused on immediate uh, costs uh, on the horizon, as well as our uh, goals towards some of our long-term liabilities. Next slide, please. Uh, so again, in light of uh, these factors, uh, one that our, our budget uh, is currently balanced um, with a, uh, a very slight surplus, uh, knowing that uh, we have uh, 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 cost drivers uh, on the horizon uh, to address, uh, we are recommending uh, deferring uh, general fund uh, funding requests uh, above uh, our baseline until the amendment uh, to the annual appropriation ordinance, uh, unless it truly is uh, critical to uh, fund the service on July 1st. Uh, as staff, uh, both the, the finance department and the budget uh, office are working on updating our fiscal year 23 year-end projections for revenue and expenditures, uh, so we can anticipate uh, how we uh, expect to close fiscal year uh, 23 on June 30th. Uh, however, how we uh, truly uh, finish the fiscal year will be known uh, after the uh, financial audit is completed, uh, which is usually in uh, late December. Um, the finance department is currently uh, looking at the fiscal year 24 revenue projections. Uh, and will uh, provide uh, any updates uh, as needed uh, to the projections that we've just shared uh, with council. 
uh, Budget and Finance Policy Committee. Uh, again, uh, we had a meeting this morning. Uh, we have uh, two more scheduled meetings on June 8th and June 22nd. Uh, we're uh, discussing uh, the budget in general, uh, really focusing on Measure P and U1 recommendations and looking uh, through and prioritizing funding requests and council uh, budget referrals. Uh, we do anticipate to uh, have another budget hearing on June 13th, uh, the council, and uh, lead, leading to adoption of the fiscal year 24 proposed budget, as well as the accompanying annual appropriation ordinance on June 27th, uh, before the start of the new fiscal year on July 1st. Um, with that uh, concludes my presentation. I'm available to answer any questions you may have, as well as the uh, finance directors, uh, my colleagues in the other uh, departments, and of course, the uh, city manager as well. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Ms. <clears throat> Ms. Friedrichsen. Really well done, uh, great presentation. Um, and um, I think, before I go to my colleagues, I just want to throw out there's a couple of comments regarding the, the presentation. Um, first off, uh, I want to commend the the staff and the finance committee and your office, Ms. Friedrichsen, as well as my colleagues serving on the budget committee, uh, because you know at at at, at, a, at a high level at a high level you can see um, a very sturdy budget. It's very sturdily um, constructed. You have a consistent minimal difference between what's adopted and what's proposed. Um, all that is a great sign, and it's interesting to note. Uh, the increases in personnel, you know, where they're concentrated, because that reflects the need that we see. And by that, I mean the uh, HHCS, Health, Housing, and Community Services, um, with its increase in personnel, uh, this reflects um, a, a larger kind of refocusing on healthcare needs in the city, uh, most apparently through, most apparent through our um, unhoused and, and people who are in um, mental distress in the streets and looking to, to really address that issue. And we see more and more of this on a statewide level as well, the sort of refocusing on that. So it's it's helpful um, to see it in that context. And also I wanna commend you, commend all the same same persons for um, the, the revenue structures appear to be consistent and predictable and aligned and, and increasing. They're generally going up. Uh, I don't know how much is due to inflation, uh, or or proceed or projected growth. Um, I do want to call out um, as a just a policy seed going forward um, because we do have decreasing deficits, which is wonderful, uh, forty million to twenty-seven million to twenty-two million and twelve million. However, the last two or three were due to ARPA funds. Um, so, with the absence of ARPA funds, um, what does that look like? So we. We do, I think, need to start considering, um, I guess, more strategic spending. Um, spending that can uh, produce a greater return um, to make up for what may be um, an absence of a boost that we get from ARPA. And for instance, the economic development um, pie chart, pie, slice of the pie, was at 1% of investment. And you know, it's possible that increasing resources that to that division of the government here could produce greater returns in terms of revenues. So that's something to consider, just to put that on the shelf for later, my colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and also, I was I was pleased to see that it appears that we have 
uh, negotiated our public finance really well. It's probably um, 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 Henry's office. The um, their interest payments are holding steady um, at seven million a year across the gamut. So it appears that we do not have any surprises or what would be a bad deal um, with our with our with our borrowing costs. So those are my comments. Just really well done, and it's I think it's a picture, a snapshot of a healthy budget uh, that has uh, strong values represented in it. Uh, with the opportunity to do some more strategic spending to increase return for the city. Uh, with that, I'll go to my colleagues. And I believe uh, online we have, um, is yeah. she there? Okay. Can you see her if you were logged in? Oh, I see. I see. You can ask. Okay. Is Councilor Wingraff hands raised? I can't see. Her hand is not raised. Oh, it's not raised. Okay. So in that case, Councilor Han. Thank you very much. Um, uh, you'll have to bear with me. I don't have the privilege of being on the budget and finance committee. And so I actually have a, a good number of questions and I'm not going through them in order of importance. I'm going through them in order in which they came up as I went through the packet. Um, and so I think if you can give me just a short answer and if you think uh, the answer would would also benefit from a longer answer may be better to just give the short answer, indicate that, and, and we can meet in person. Um, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a roadmap so you know um, what's how I'm organizing these questions. So, like I said, they're not in order of importance or, or themed in any particular way. They're just as I came to them. Um, unfortunately, the packet when you print it, which I did, doesn't have any pages. So um, I'm not on the PDF. It's going to be a little bit difficult for me to navigate you to where I am. But I did want to just um, put that out as a suggestion. Number one is to um, include page numbers for those of us who um, I guess are still um, back in the in the 20th century in terms of liking to uh, to read this kind of thing on paper. Um, again, I'm, I'm just not able to give you a page number, but I noticed in a chart, I would say about a third of the way into the packet, and this chart is um, community agency allocations, FY 2024 community agency allocations. Um, it it mentions step up housing 1367 university and it shows 1.1 um, a little over 1.1 million dollars and my question was is that project still going forward and um, is that allocation still live so on the um, chart that is called um, FY 2024 Community Agency Allocations. It's on the one, two, it's on the fourth page of that chart. Um, the, the last thing on that page says Larkin Street at the bottom left. Uh, if I am, um, Maybe an item I'll need to uh, confer with the 
uh, Health, Housing, and Community Services, unless they're uh, on the line and I'll uh, get back to you on. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, going forward a little bit from there, um, there's a chart that says fiscal years 2023 and 24, adopted budget funding requests, tiers two and three. And um, that's kind of a dense uh, page with um, small print and I don't know, it's maybe 10 pages forward from where I was. Are you there? Yes. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, so one, my first question is, is this the same as the chart that is found towards the very end of the packet that also is called fiscal years 23 and 24 adopted budget funding requests tiers two and three, or are those two different? I didn't have the ability to compare them to each other to know if they're just the same chart twice or if the second one is a different thing. The second one is about, well, I'm gonna say 15, 20 pages from the end of the packet. There should be a council member, um, uh, uh, three, uh, uh, three sort of Excel sheets. Uh, the, the first, uh, the fiscal year 23 and 24 uh, adopted budget funding requests, tiers two and three. Uh, there should just uh, just be one of those. And those are the um, uh, items that were submitted by uh, departments as well as council budget referrals uh, during the deliberation for fiscal year 23 and 24 that were not uh, funded and so that are still uh, part of this biennial process. Uh, then we have a, a sheet of the 24 uh, new requests uh, that were uh, submitted uh, by departments. And then we have an updated list of uh, council uh, budget referrals uh, that were uh, submitted uh, from July uh, 1st through April 25th. Okay. Um, I'll just assume that the two are the same and I'll work off of this one. Um, so I'm back on that page, um, on the first page of this. Um, I noticed um, there's an item, line 13, Councilmember Taplin's request for funding for park ambassadors. And that is listed as a staffing augmentation request, but it's only a one year request. So I wondered if that, um, you know, and I think when we look at funding something long-term, we look at differently from a one year request. And um, I just thought maybe that might be miscategorized and that we might be able to find funding for it as a one-year request. Is that something, why is it under this list of staffing augmentation? Uh, Council member, it's because it uh, relates to uh, um, staff, uh, primarily uh, part-time positions. And so anything that, uh, had a, a staffing uh, component, be it either uh, a one-time or a project related to three years or ongoing, if it was uh, related to uh, staff, we, we 
categorized it, categorized it as as staffing uh, just so that uh, council and the public were, were aware since obviously uh, staffing has uh, uh, both short-term and long-term uh, costs compared to say a one-time uh, special project or a one-time uh, capital expense but we you know didn't uh, make a distinction between uh, uh, the type of type of staffing or the duration just if it related to a new staffing re request that went into this category. Okay. Well, I think it would be good, and I hope hopefully for my colleagues also to just note that that's just a one-year ask, um, and it's not um, ask for positions that are ongoing indefinitely, and I think, I think we should think about um, that ask a little differently. Um, the um, council member on row 19, council member Harrison had asked a uh, for funds for mayoral budgetary analyst, and the ask was a hundred thousand per year. And um, I guess I'll just say that I think this is important, but um, it seems to me that that could be somebody just on retainer who only. Uh, works a little bit for the city and who uh, for the mayor's office and who just could provide periodic advice. So I feel like that number could be lower and it could be fulfilled by a consultant. Um, but I do think it's important to have the independent analysis of the budget. And so I just wanted to put it out there that I, I do support funding for that, but I think it might be good to look at um, creative ways to get that number down. Um, row 21, city manager's office, web producers to help um, launch the new website. I was wondering if that might be stale or is that still a live um, budget request? Uh, Council member, this, uh, uh, at this point, we uh, there are probably some items on this list uh, that we do need to uh, update. Uh, some things were funded in uh, the uh, AO one and two, and some of these requests are are stale, uh, such as this one. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be helpful because I think what um, it's good to be able to just see <laughs> see what's live, and if something was previously funded, or if the person who proposed it, you know, no longer needs it or maybe they needed it, but um, they hobbled through without it and and the moment is over, I think it would be helpful to maybe just have a cleaner list here for us when we're considering this. On line 24, the LPC wanting a citywide historic context statement, that actually shows up as well as a staff ask. The planning department has that same ask which I think is great because it suggests to me that the planning department thinks it's important enough that they're um, putting it in um, into their own budgetary asks. But I wondered if it makes sense to have it in both places or um, I, I guess I'm also, I support funding this. So where is it more likely to be funded from? Uh, council member, I think where it uh, is uh, located, uh, be it a, a council a budget referral that came through a commission uh, and or a department, uh, uh, doesn't matter. It's just uh, more of the decision on 
what to fund with the resources we have. Okay. I didn't see many other things. I don't think I saw anything else that was sort of listed in two different ways, and I'll just flag that that one is. Um, curious about some of these um, programs at the marina. There's the bike park, there's the West Berkeley, I'm sorry, not the preferential parking, but there's the bike park and there's a number of other referrals um, that show up a little bit later in the packet. Can those be folded into the big contract that we have for planning for the, for the marina? I'm a little unclear about, I think we allocated $2 million, which was a very big um, allocation for planning at the marina to a big fancy firm that should be able to fold some of these ideas that have been referred with their own price tag. And I'm wondering if there's an opportunity to rationalize a little bit of that and actually get that planning for the same money that we're paying for the planning that's already in progress. Uh, council member, that uh, item I'll need to follow up with the parks, uh, recreation and waterfront staff, and we can uh, come back uh, to you with that response. Okay, great. And there'll be, there's some others that I think, um, I mean, I fully understand that Marina needs a lot of stuff and it all needs to be planned. Um, but we do have a comprehensive planning process going that is well-funded. And I'm hoping that that can be a win-win where we get some of these ideas explored through that process and we don't have to allocate additional funds um, for sort of one-off projects. Um, also line 34, uh, Councilmember Taplin's West Berkeley Residential Preferential Parking Program. There's a budget request, but my understanding is that um, the parking enforcement also generates income. And I'm wondering, is there an offset to an ask like this, um, or might it even break even um, when we do the parking enforcement, we we get revenues. And I just wondered if that has been looked at or considered. Maybe this ask isn't so big because it pays for itself or partially. Uh, Council Member, we need to look at that in more detail uh, uh, right now. Uh, you do have the revenue that's funding our existing uh, uh, parking uh, enforcement uh, personnel. So again, we'll need to uh, analyze that, look at uh, the finance projections as we looked at it. I believe uh, parking uh, revenue is uh, looking fairly constant. And so if it's uh, um, either covering or not fully covering our existing uh, staff. We want to look at that uh, in detail before uh, obviously increasing uh, uh, additional uh, uh, staffing levels and whether or not uh, there would be a corresponding uh, increase in the revenue too. Well, to I would hope that. so. And otherwise everybody is always parking legally and we don't need enforcement, right? So I, I think it would be, I just, I'm trying to get a little more information about some of these asks and think creatively about how they can get met, you know, and I would love to meet that ask. And if there's a bunch of revenues that are associated with it, and this would be funded, of course, out of, I assume, out of the parking fund, and um, that's an enterprise fund. So I think having that information which would certainly be helpful for me in determining whether that's a good thing to fund because it might fund itself. 
in which case it's definitely a good thing. Um, and again, we can uh, look at that. To, you know, the uh, our parking meter uh, uh, funds again are uh, you know really took a uh, financial hit with the loss of revenue uh, during the pandemic, uh, and uh, you know are are really in a uh, uh, fiscally still hasn't haven't uh, rebounded yet. So uh, this is one we'd want to uh, look at and and potentially. Uh, uh, be a little uh, cautious uh, about, but we can definitely uh, well, but maybe look this more is, into that. Maybe this is a net positive and it subsidizes, right? We don't know until we look at it, right? <clears throat> we just don't know. And so I appreciate having a little more information about that. Um, the next chart in the packet is called FY 2024 New General Fund Resources Funding Requests. Is that different from the previous chart in that these are requests that come from departments and the others were things that came from uh, council? Is that just the only difference between these? Well, uh, this is a cumulative council. The first is cumulative council and? The uh, council member, the, the first uh, sheet were uh, all requests uh, that we had received uh, up to uh, roughly a budget deliberation from both departments and council budget referrals. Sometimes there, there were uh, uh, similar items requested by departments as well as uh, the council referral referral. So those uh, that first tab are the items that uh, were considered as part of the budget deliberation process when we adopted 23 and 24, but were not funded. Uh, this uh, list in front of you, uh, the new general fund requests are new submittals uh, from departments uh, as part of the 24 proposed update uh, that departments hadn't anticipated or uh, requested okay. at this time last year. There may, there may be one or two that the department uh, uh, had requested that was unfunded and reiterated you know, their uh, desire to have uh, that uh, funded if there were resources. So there may be you know, one or two that you know, are similar from the unfunded list that, again, the department may have re-requested re, 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 uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, okay. funding again, and there may be, again, one or two, and we're refining that list, but for the most part, these are new uh, requests from departments. Uh, Got it. So the primarily related okay. to new staffing requests, as well as uh, some uh, one-time uh, other. Okay, so the, the more colorful one um, is all the requests that had already been made for 23 and 24 at the time the 23-24 budget was adopted. Correct. And what you're calling new is anything that was requested subsequent to the adoption of the two-year budget. Correct. Okay, great. And, and then the third tab is the new council referrals that... Uh, uh, were submitted and approved by council that came uh, forward uh, roughly July, or maybe I believe the first one might be September, but again, after the 23-24 budget was adopted. So again, we- Okay, uh, got it. I think the nomenclature on these is just a little bit confusing. Um, the city of Berkeley new general fund resources requests, whereas the council ones say for the period July 1 through June 30, um, Oh, wait, no. So that's a previous year. No, that's now. That's current. So they cover the same period, but they're just um, entitled differently. I think that's what was confusing to me. So, and you're also saying that um, the staff FY 2024 new 
requests. Some of them may be repeats of things that are on the previous chart. Uh, there, um, uh, I think maybe one or two such as uh, on, on the list. And again, we're uh, refining and uh, uh, cross-checking okay. those last lists. Uh, so things are, what some of them are the same request, but the department has uh, asked for a reduced amount of general fund. Uh, for okay. example, I know there's a, a few with uh, public works uh, uh, last year, the proportion uh, of funding from the general fund was higher. Uh, uh, now the same request, but the proportion is uh, uh, different. And and some of these again, we're you know working through depart with departments to find out if there are other revenue funds uh, can support uh, more of the request as well. So okay. again, uh, fluid at this this point in time as well. All right, great. So for council, I, I guess maybe as a general comment, I feel like these three charts, um, if they could somehow be um, consolidated and rationalized um, in a way that makes it hard, easier to integrate them and understand them. And in the same way that we are asking council members to call referrals that are stale, that are in the queue for the city manager to um, respond to them. Maybe we should also have a process to have council members call and staff, you know, pull out things that are stale. Um, but I, that's just an ask. Um, I take the review of the budget as my fundamental job <laughs> and um, having it presented in a way that I and the community would be most able to digest it is important to me. So I'm just gonna put that out there that it would be good to have another, another system for tracking all of this. Um, going to the summary of council referrals for the period of July 1 to June 30, um, I wanted to ask Councilmember Wengraf, who I'm not able to see, but I assume she's there. Um, she and I had put in a $400,000 budget referral having to do with Hopkins Quarter Plan, and this was just for um, additional study. This was not the um, request for uh, that, that had already been allocated. Funds were already allocated for beautification. They were already allocated for paving, et cetera. This was in connection with the reconsideration, um, asking for funds for, uh, um, for the reconsideration. And given that the city manager has pulled that uh, project indefinitely, um, I think having this request sitting out there is is probably uh, stale. <laughs> and so I wanted to maybe do my part and pull that. I don't know if Councilmember Wengraf has any thoughts on that. This was this was just for additional study. It it was for coming up with options to the original yeah. plan. It was the October reconsideration. Yeah, um, it's up to you. It's your district, and I'll support what you want to do on this. Okay. Well, we have to determine if anything has been expended. I'm sorry, this is City Manager Williams Ridley. We have to determine if any of those funds were expended, right? Because we did do study. We did um, do some additional study as a result of that. 
Um, so we have to go back and look at that, but thank you. All right, good. Well, yeah, I don't have to pull it right now, but I am open to a conversation with the city manager um, of what that what that should be, if anything, um, in this budget cycle. I also, I have a little bit of a concern. Some of these requests, including one of mine, I have a request of $35,000 basically for some paint and signs um, and some reflectors on the Arlington council member. That, that is line number 21. Um, council member Wengraf, line 27. She's asking $30,000 for a couple of yield signs. My question is, doesn't the city have money for signs and paint? Like, is it really necessary for council members to have to ask for a budget allocation for something at that fine grain level? And if the answer is that we don't have money to add a stop sign and a yield sign here or there or paint curbs, um, you know, repaint a curb, then I think we should have some kind of a budget line for that because I think it's a little crazy that council members have to ask for, um, you know, specific allocations to get things that, that I personally consider kind of baseline. And I don't know if there's any thoughts on that. I see the city manager has raised her hand and I'll just add that. Yeah, there's money that's budgeted in the public works budget for painting lines and maintenance of um, streets. Um, I guess it raises a broader question, which is how do we reconcile new requests um, with requests that come in through the normal process? And sometimes when a community wants a stop sign or a, or a four-way stop and the um, public works department through their study is determined that's not warranted, Council members have come forward with requests to request that those things be installed anyways. We also have traffic calming requests that are outside of the normal traffic calming process. Somehow we have to rationalize all this. Yeah, no. Very that... clear system where um, and educate the council and for us to educate our constituents about how do we get these requests in. Mayor, uh, I guess I... I'm going to go to the city manager. Who yeah, I, I just, given your comment, I want to be super clear. My request is, I understand your request. It's something no, that can no. be done through routine. I, I want to make it clear that this neighborhood did a normal request through the website, through the traffic department, waited in line in the queue for whatever amount of time, a year and a half, got a traffic study, and the traffic engineering department or whatever they're called recommended these changes. I just want to be really clear that while you are correct that these requests come forward in a number of different ways. I want to be super clear that my budget request is based on absolutely following the letter of the process that is laid out. So therein lies the question, which is if this is something that was recommended by the Transportation Engineering Division, could this be covered just through the normal budget line item? And I see the city manager had raised her hand to address this matter. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, what I'm, as I'm asking for um, Liam to Dr. Um, I'm sorry, our director of public works to um, to weigh in, and he is probably on the call now. If not, can we come back to it? Because I think that he can shed some light on uh, on your question. And I do agree. Having a um, 
a baseline budget that allows for us to do these types of small repairs and, and improvements, um, we should have dollars available. But when we run out, then that is when you can see requests coming from council. So it may be that that is why your request is before the council, um, that we didn't have additional monies for that. But I will wait for um, uh, Mr. Garland to join the call. Yeah, I mean, I see I, he's on the um, attendee side. I could get an answer now, or I mean, I do agree also very strongly with the mayor that this is an area that has been irrational for a long time, where uh, the community and council members have had, you know, they're they're kind of a little bigger than one sign that has graffiti, but they're way way smaller than you know a big project a big redesign and it feels like that whole in between area is is very um there's a lot of requests in there and there doesn't seem to be a rational system and again in my case my this neighborhood they didn't even contact me they went straight through they 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 did their request online they waited in the queue and then, like, I have to kind of go beg for extra money for this. And what else gets funded? Did, did things get funded last year ahead of this while these people were waiting patiently in the queue? It, it, the whole thing has been um, really uh, problematic for a long time. And I will just say that um, I'm, I will make my request public right now. <laughs> I would like this street and my district to get the, um, these are for crosswalks primarily. There are crosswalks that are mid-block on the Arlington. We have the paths that it's kind of an unusual configuration. You have the upper and lower part portions of the street. You have long, long blocks with pedestrian paths. And those paths, uh, the crosswalks for them are faded and there's no signs that say, you know, slow down and people are crossing. That's pretty much what this request is. And um, see Liam is on the- It's, it's just an issue that it has to go this way. So I'd be happy to hear some preliminary thoughts, but I do think this is gonna need a bigger plan. And then I still have a couple of other questions. Okay, Thank and then you. I see Councilor Wengrapp also would like to join the discussion. Yeah, I just no, I just no. like to say um, I, I'm very anxious to hear from the public works director. But um, just quickly, um, a lot of this um, of this request that I put in is based on frustration, quite honestly. Um, and um, it's a safeguard against hearing that there's not enough money to do it. So if the council approves a budget item. For a small amount, thirty thousand dollars, it might only cost twenty thousand. Might only cost five. Who knows? You know, but but it's a safeguard against saying, "Well, we don't have the money to implement." Um, this neighborhood met with transportation about five years ago, and have gotten nothing in return. Streets are being used as high, residential streets are being used as highways, um, encouraged by various apps to take shortcuts to save, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. 
And it's the residents who are suffering as a result. These are, this is an area where there are no sidewalks to protect people. So that's why I submitted this item. I agree I shouldn't have to, but I my frustration led me to, to feel like there was no other option. So I'll just share that with, with you all. Okay, I see Mr. Garland's on the panelist side. Um, uh, who would like, would you care to respond or the city manager? And then we'll go back to Councilor Hahn, I think has a few other comments and then invite my other colleagues to speak. I already, I already spent 45 minutes asking my questions at the Budget and Finance Committee, so I'll spare my colleagues this evening. Uh, Mayor uh, Liam Garland, uh, Public Works Director. I think if the question is, um, uh, is the implementation of traffic safety features being dependent on budget referrals, is that the ideal process? I think the answer is clearly no. Uh, I think the solution would be to increase the tr annual traffic calming budget to be able to accommodate projects like these so they could be queued up in their order of impact to traffic safety and then staff uh, uh, obviously if we've got staff and seats that we can implement on the, uh, uh, implement them that would be the quickest fastest the best for traffic safety hope that makes sense i think it would be helpful mr garland to get a sense of what is the queue um how many you know what were we able to fund with the money because we did increase the budget we've increased it by additional fifty thousand the past several years now so I'd like to I'd like to understand as part of this conversation what what have we been able to fund with that amount of money, and what have we not been able to fund, and what's pending, so that we can ascertain, you know, how how do we prioritize these requests because these requests went through the normal process, and if additional resources are warranted, how much is warranted? Could that information be provided to us? It it could yes. Mayor, can you repeat those? Um, can you repeat those requests? Well, we've increased the traffic calming budget for the last several years to a hundred thousand. It was only fifty thousand, and I think what I'm hearing you say is that that amount of money has not been sufficient to cover the number of requests that have come in. And so, I'd like to understand um, how many requests do we have pending, and what have we been able to fund with the money that we've allocated. And what additional amount of money might be needed to cover that backlog? Um, because I think we just kind of put a number out there. It was 50,000. 50, we added another 50,000, thinking maybe that we can move the needle a little bit more. But if, if, if money is an issue, then, then I think it would be helpful to get a, get a sense of um, what are the outstanding projects? How are they, how are they prioritized? And, um, and what is needed to complete those projects? Okay. Um, so with that, Councilor Hahn still on the floor, so I'll go back to her to ask her additional questions. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, Mayor. Um, I really think this area needs a lot of rationalization. And I will say that I think it seems to me that just putting in maybe it's two or four yield signs. I don't know what Councilmember Wengraf's request is. I just can't imagine that we don't have in our courtyard, a couple of um, posts and yield signs that could go up. Um, and and I, I can't imagine that that just isn't part of our maintenance fund, um, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but we really need to have a definition of like project of this size, you know, something this size 
comes from maintenance. Something this size comes from, you know, whatever you want to define it. Something this size comes from somewhere else and, and simply allocate pots of money and have a rational system. But I will say that I, I very much hope that my request, which actually is costed out, and there is even a um, bid for it, uh, and it went through the normal channels and everybody waited their turn. Uh, and then I'm told I have to do a budget request for it. And I hope that um, we can put those uh, safety features. And, and by the way, I think I also noticed in the bid the, um, the hourly rate that the contractors are being paid to do this work was something like $300 an hour. So um, that might also be a question whether we want to uh, farm these things out, or if it would be cheaper to have a unit in-house. So hopefully that can all be rationalized and clarified a little bit. Um, okay. Just had a couple other questions. Um, in, the, in the budget that you presented, about $100 million is coming from fund balances in order to balance the budget this year. And I don't need it right now, but I think it would be really helpful for us to have a chart that shows all of our fund balances so that we can have a little bit of a better idea of um, how much money is sitting in these funds. And I'm also interested in knowing, you know, how long we can dip into fund balances in order to balance our budget before we have to start making cuts because that seems like it could inform how much we want to take from the fund balance every year. I feel like I'd like to have a projection um, that that would help us with that. Um, then um, last but not least, um, measures P and U1, which are general fund, are are shown as somehow as special funds, but the sugary beverage tax is not. I'm curious about why why those are um, accounted for differently. Is there something about them that's different? Could you explain your question? Because if you look at the... Or did I miss funds, something? If you look at the funds projected table, they do call out the um, tax from the consumption of uh, the sale of sugar sweetened beverages, just like they call out the um, measure P transfer tax increase. Yes, that is true that in some places they're treated the same way and then others are treated differently in the, in the materials. So um, maybe that's um, something I can look at with the budget director, but um I, I do have a one last very significant concern. And again, I wish I could give you a page number, but I can't. The chart is um, 2024 community agency allocations. And it shows under homelessness, homeless services. I think there are three pages of homeless services um, expenses and they are almost all shown as being funded from measure p it i think uh 12 
million of the $13.5 million for all these different things is funded by Measure P. And my concern here is Measure P was supposed to be additive so that our homeless services and our, our low-income housing would get a boost. And what this looks like to me, unless I'm misunderstanding it, is that now more than 90% of homeless services, including things that existed long before Measure P monies were available, are being funded by Measure P. And that feels to me like the Measure P money, which we told the voters we would use to support our homeless services, I think with the obvious idea that if we're, we're getting more money, we're going to have more services. Now it seems that um, we're simply funding a whole bunch of programs that we already funded previously, maybe some additional ones. But what we're doing is we're freeing up general fund money for other priorities. And um, I'm just very concerned about that. So that's not a new thing. We approved that when we adopted the Biennial budget. And that was a budget, budget balancing measure that the city manager had recommended. And I'll just note the panel of experts did express their concern about that and still do at this, uh, about this particular reappropriation. Um, but that is something that we have already approved. And if we don't fund it through this, we have to fund it through some other general fund source, which has a ripple effect in terms of having to find money elsewhere for other expenditures. So it's really a question of, it's all general fund. It's a zero-based budget. It's a question of where does the money come from? But I just want to call attention to the fact that we did actually already vote to do that last uh, when we adopted the June budget last year. Yes, we did. But I think we need to plan to not continue doing that because that was a stopgap measure. And as we see revenues going up um, in general, and revenues are going up, I do not want us to continue to subsidize the general fund with monies that were intended for uh, additive homeless services. And so I'm hoping that as we develop future budgets, the amount of money that um, is used to cover baseline homeless services um, that comes from the significant funds that Measure P is generating will go down and that some of that will be picked up again from other general funds and other sources so that we can continue to expand our rehousing efforts and actually get the housing we need to get our homeless folks housed. And that's it. Thank you. Yeah. At the Budget and Finance Committee this morning on that point, we also talked about the current expenditures and proposed new expenditures using the um, increased transfer tax revenues from the Measure P ta tax. And so I'll call my colleagues' attention to that packet. Um, there's there's a number of materials on the Budget and Finance Committee webpage. It would be good to take a look. We'll get into that Is over the course of our the, budget discussion. The one-time sort of the, the big overage? Because one year there was a ton of money. Yeah, there's a big overage, but there are, you know, there's a pretty extensive matrix, which um, maybe Ms. Friedrichsen can also share with the council, as well as the UN matrix um, that summarizes current expenditures and proposed expenditures. And this is an issue that we did raise in that conversation, which is if we just, if we funded all the things that we propose to fund, and I'll note some of those are one-time expenditures, such as funding for home key projects and um, certain capital costs, so th those aren't going to be carried over over multiple years. But if we fund 
nearly all of the expenditures on that chart that we will absolutely be in a deficit within a few years. So it's not sustainable. And we are going to have to look in a more discerning fashion around what are we doing? How effective is it? What do we need to prioritize? We have fund a lot of great programs. And I think we just need to think about how best we want to spend those dollars. Um, I think we have a good expenditure plan proposed for this next fiscal year, but we need to think long-term. And, uh, and how are we using these dollars to house people, to rapidly rehouse people, to keep them permanently housed, buying buildings to make permanent housing happen? That's obviously key towards our efforts to end homelessness. But there are other ways, such as shell subsidies and other rental subsidies that we can provide to get people who are housing insecure housed. So a much bigger conversation that we'll have, but I just want to, I think your point is well taken. We cannot do this cost shift long-term, just like we can't pay for the 5150 transports through Measure P long-term. We have to figure out a solution. I really appreciate that, and I'd love to be in that conversation. Thank you. Um, Councilor Robinson, you you were on the parliamentarian. I'll go to you. Councilor Hunt, have you asked any questions or comments yet? No, I have Okay. I was able to get my specific questions dealt with offline, but I'll just leave you with a vibe. Uh, Ms. Friedrichson, good to see you. Thank you so much for your presentation just now and this morning. Very glad I was able to tune in for a bit of the Budget Committee's discussion. I uh, really want to resonate with some of Councilmember Hahn's comments. Yeah, I certainly am guilty of having millions of dollars in budget referrals in our queue, but as we think about our prioritization this cycle, you know, I think, A, first of those projects that truly are time sensitive, uh, and especially those that jeopardize the loss of other funds that we have access to. I'm very grateful for the leaps and bounds that this council made uh, the last go around to make sure that we were able to close the funding gap for the Southside Complete Streets project, recognizing the importance of keeping that project on track to maintain access to the regional funds that we'd already been rewarded. But secondly, as Councilmember Hahn said, you know, with whatever flexibility that we have, I hope we can take opportunities and find opportunities to prioritize projects that we know will be revenue generating for us in the future. And to me, that's what the proposal for a SOSIP program on Southside represents to me, uh, an upfront cost that we know will bring in major resources to the city in years to come. Um, but I know we, we don't have a lot of wiggle room. So thank you so much for the information, taking it all in. Really appreciate the opportunity to go through it again this evening. Thank you. Councilmember Humbert, do you want to weigh in? Um, I don't have any questions. I'm just sitting here absorbing a lot of this and thinking about it. I do want to thank um, uh, Sharon Friedrichson and, and her team for putting together such a good presentation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I had spent at least 45 minutes as I went through the do budget document line by line with very extensive questions. And um, I might write up my questions and transmit them to staff and also maybe provide a copy to the clerk so they can be included as a supplemental so everyone knows what my questions are. Um, I think they're probably aligned with a lot of questions that people have. You know, obviously one of the questions is around, you know, we have less revenues and expenditures, and that was really because it was a question of um, uh, the expenditures will account for not just the revenues, but also carrying over a prior year's funds, grants, other, other, other fund sources. Um, but I had some very, also some very specific questions about some of the staff and council referrals. And I just want to acknowledge that it's going to be very difficult for us to accommodate new requests this year. Um, and I know the city manager's proposing that we just carry over all new requests to November. 
But I think we need to look in a very discerning way at the list around things that may need to happen now. There were some, for example, some public safety requests that's, that police and fire had identified that do seem time sensitive. There may be things where there may be grant opportunities. So um, we may want to deprioritize things that we've already allocated and swap those for new things. Um, there's the unallocated Hopkins money. Maybe that can go towards funding some of these street repaving projects. So uh, we're going to have to be creative. We're going to have to be flexible in order to accommodate new requests. Um, but I do think we need to find a way to include some new things, recognizing that uh, there will be a limit to how much we can do for the June budget. Obviously, we'll have a better sense of how much money comes in in November when we get the fiscal close and we have the um, excess equity to consider. Um, one thing I just want to call attention to, which is very relevant to the conversation that we've had around paving and our capital needs, $2 billion in unfunded capital needs, we'll get into that on the 23rd when we hear from our actuary, um, is the fact that in the, one of the tables, they're projecting that the excess property transfer tax that would automatically be allocated to the capital improvement fund or policies, anything over 12 and a half million um, in excess property transfer tax automatically goes to the capital improvement fund. Mr. Ikami acknowledged that he's projecting that we're going to get far less transfer tax this year than we did last year, which will impact how much money goes into the capital improvement fund. And that may impact our ability to fund capital projects. So I, I, I'd ask for a specific, um, some specific information at the budget committee around what are the more information on those projections or what are the implications of not achieving the projected amounts that we had budgeted last fiscal year relative to the commitment we made to increase funding for streets? Um, because I think what that will mean is that we have to, to meet that, we'll have to move money around and that may mean some, some things get deprioritized. So uh, I just think it's something for us to keep in mind. Um, obviously, we need to honor the commitments that we made for, to increase paving funding we need to, you know, make sure that we can move forward projects that we've already funded. But um, that was surprising to me, and um, uh, hopefully we'll have more information soon about what the ramifications are of that in particular. Moreover, Mr. Ikami had noted that um, the numbers in the report reflect um, a snapshot in time that isn't the current snapshot in time, that he will have updated numbers, which he'll be presenting soon. So hopefully by the time we actually take action on the budget, We'll have updated numbers, and those revenue estimates may be greater than what we're projecting. I know our property tax in particular has always been greater than what um, uh, after we get more more complete information from the, the county. So um, lots lots to discuss, um, but it's good that we have a balanced budget first and foremost. And really, it's a question of addbacks and adjustments at this point to accommodate more urgent, immediate requests. Um, and I'm certainly committed um, as the chair of the Budget and Finance Committee to look creatively and work with staff creatively to try to find solutions to accommodate the more, more time-sensitive uh, requests from the city manager as well as those from the council. Um, so unless there's any further discussion, um, we'll, we'll proceed to the public hearing. The public hearing is open. So now I'd like to ask, is there any public testimony as part of the first public hearing on the fiscal year 2024 uh, city of Berkeley budget. Um, I don't see anyone present in the boardroom wishing to speak. So I'll ask, are there any attendees on Zoom who'd like to testify as part of the public hearing on the fiscal year 2024 uh, annual budget? If so, please raise your hand 
if you're on the Zoom platform. Once again, is there any public testimony on item one, the FY24 proposed budget update? Going once, going twice. Okay, um, I'll make a motion to close the public hearing. Okay, can we please call the roll and close in the public hearing? Councilmember Kesarwani is absent. Taplin is absent. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison is absent. Han? Yes. Wengraff? Councilmember Wengraff is currently absent. Robinson? Yes. Uh, Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Arrigan? Yes. Okay. okay, thank you. Um, the public hearing is closed. Uh, one other request I had made at the uh, at the Budget and Finance Committee I just want to call attention to is um, there are a number of uh, positions, either elected officials or people that the council appoint as charter officers who have separate budgets, and they have made budget requests. The city auditor, I understand that she has some exp expenditures she's proposing, including a shifting of a position. Um, the city attorney, the director of police accountability, and um, you know, I, I know the budget committee, we requested that they we, they, they have an opportunity to present their requests, and I would hope that somehow that information could be also shared with the city council as well. Um, under the city charter, the city a city attorney has basic autonomy over a budget. So we obviously allocate the funds and set the budget, and um, you know is focused on um, staffing and the resources needed for her to carry out her very important work, serving as legal counsel for the city of Berkeley. I know that there have been questions around sort of capturing salary savings so that they can increase positions or have the resources they need. So, and I know that she had some specific requests that she had also made um, to the city as part of the annual budget process, which were included in that table, that that table around new things that we're not funding. Um, but I just, given the, the particular role they have in the charter, I think it'd be worth giving them the opportunity to present. Um, okay. Um, are there any other questions or comments? This was, I think, introductory presentation. We will spend the next month working on finalizing the budget before our vote at the end of June. Um, so any other questions or comments? Council Member Wengraff, any additional questions or comments? Okay. Um, well, then I'd like to give the floor back to Ms. Friedrichsen, the city manager, if they have any closing comments. Thank you, Mr. Mayor and Council. Um, no closing comments. I just do want to clarify one thing, and that is that um, as this is an update, my recommendation is that we carry over and um, address um, as we get to the AO2, um, a majority of requests and asks. But I also stated that we need to fund critical, critical needs. And so I just want to clarify that. I'm not saying everything goes over. I'm saying we look at those critical needs and if we're able to fund them, that we absolutely need to fund those things. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess I, I'd also reiterate the request from Councillor Hahn. Um, we went through these charts today and um, there's the council referrals and I, I, I'd highlighted um, and I'm happy to send my notes to Sharon, uh, things that we've already funded in the last June budget or November or, or December AAO. So there's some things that are done 
and there are some new things. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, councilmers can have the option of saying that they want to withdraw or defer their budget referrals. That's certainly an option. Um, ultimately, if we don't fund something, it doesn't happen. So that's that's the practical effect of of something being prioritized. It's, it's in the budget or it's not in the budget. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, sort of being able to take um, the there. So there's the there's the there's I guess there's really two lists. There's the tier one, two, and three. And I saw there was a color coded chart that I saw of what is actually um, in progress, what hasn't been done. That's a helpful list for us to have because if there are things that are that we had allocated money for that aren't happening because there aren't staff or or uh, it's not you know there are other other priorities the department's dealing with they can't get to it right now we may want to consider whether we want to continue to fund that or reallocate that money for something else that's one list and then the other list is the new things and i think we have to take the council referrals that are still active and the new departmental requests and create a consolidated list for us to consider i think both the tiered list and the tiered list with the status of what is and what isn't happening and the um guess departmental and council requests new requests um i think that's that's a good those are good lists for us to work off of and ultimately the reality is that unless we um find additional revenue or we 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 reprioritize or defer certain expenditures that we've already made it's going to be hard for us to accommodate these new requests moreover we have the um uh the other uh responsibility of making sure that we have sufficient funding later on to be able to account for any unanticipated costs whether they may be personnel costs litigation costs pension costs we know that those are going to increase that's also something sort of looming out that, that we have to keep in mind as we're looking at this as well. So a lot of work to be done. Okay, unless there's any further discussion, um, I'll make a motion to adjourn the special meeting. Second. Can we please call the roll? Oh, Councilor Wengoff is absent, correct? Let me ask, is there any objection from members of the council to adjourn? Hearing no objection, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you. And it's the same link, Mr. Clerk, correct? Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Friedrichsen. Thank you, staff. Recording stopped.